When I learned about genetics in high school, I was fascinated by dominant and recessive genes. I learned that my brown eyes had to be big B, little b. My dad's eyes are brown. <laughs> my mom's eyes are blue. I was never very much like my mom really in any way. That's my sister. Me, I was totally daddy's girl. I got my hair color, my eye color, my skin tone, my height, all from his side. And growing up in Minnesota, we'd go out agate hunting on walks. He'd tell the best Paul Bunyan bedtime stories. And sometimes when he'd nap on the couch, I'd either curl up next to him or just sit up in the crook of his knee just to be close to him. Unfortunately, when I was nine, my father passed away. And I never got to know a lot about him because we didn't know a lot of relatives on his side of the family. So I'd always long to know more about that side of me. I chose to come to Fairbanks for graduate school partly because it was like coming home. My sister and I had been born up here, and it was fun to see the house that Dad had built that we lived in as babies. Shortly before I graduated in 2003, I managed to track down one of my dad's cousins who I'd heard about but never met. She lived in Seattle, and I happened to have a job at Mount Rainier that summer, and so I made arrangements to meet her, hoping to finally learn more about dad's side of the family and that background in my heritage. The day before I was to go into the city, I called my mom and told her what I was doing, and she said, there's something you need to know before you meet Sadie. And my mind raced at all the possible reasons why we'd never met this woman. I thought, okay, what is it? And this is when my mom came totally out of left field at me and chose that moment to tell me that my dad was not my biological father. You know those Looney Tune cartoons where the character gets hit with a cannonball, goes right through and leaves a big gaping hole? That was me. I felt like somebody had literally ripped in, reached in and ripped out half my soul, half of who I'd always known myself to be. I was devastated. Well, if Dad's not my father, who is, I asked. And Mom said, I'm sorry, I don't know. She had been artificially inseminated a decade or more before the first sperm banks ever came out, so there was no donor number to look for. She said the doctor had chosen someone who resembled her husband, my dad, as much as possible so there'd never be questions about paternity. When I got back to Fairbanks, I looked up the doctor and found out he was still practicing. So I made an appointment to meet him. And when I told him why I was there, he said, I'm sorry, I can't help you, and mumbled something about privacy. Yeah, of course. So I had my mom send a written request for her medical records. Surely they'd have to release them to her, if there was even anything in there. And again, we were told, sorry, can't help you. Those records probably don't exist anymore. Well, OK, she hadn't been as patient since the 70s. Maybe that was true. So I had done a DNA test with 23andMe, because they had a sale going on at the time with my mom and sister to verify that, yes, we are really related, but mostly hoping to get some kind of matches on his side, and I never got anything closer than fourth or fifth cousins, which wasn't very useful. I thought, what other avenues do I have? Maybe I could take out a personals ad in the Fairbanks Daily News Miner on the off chance he might see it. Yeah, if he was military, though, he's probably long gone. I thought about those TV shows coming out around that time, helping people find relatives, but I really didn't want to go that public. Maybe I could hire a PI. OK, fresh out of grad school, I probably couldn't afford it. And then I started going through the yellow pages looking for family and adoption lawyers, trying to find out what avenues I really had. And I found out that in this country, as a product of artificial insemination, I have no legal rights to that half of my heritage, to my own identity, to my medical history. I'd hit a brick wall. 
And I really didn't know how else to proceed, so I kind of put it all on the back burner, but never forgot about it. Until about a year and a half ago, I was talking with a friend one afternoon at work, and um, mentioned all this to him, and he said, you need to meet my psychic friend. <laughs> I know you're probably thinking the same thing I thought. What's she going to do, look into my eyes and divine his name? But I thought, what the hell? What have I got to lose, right? What am I going to... The worst that can happen is I know what I know now, which is nothing. So I sent Carrie an introductory email, told her who I was and what I was looking for. And her response was, yeah, I've got some skills in that area, but really what you need to do is get on Ancestry.com. <laughs> she called herself an amateur genealogist. Well, well, that makes much more sense. So I sent my spit off for analysis, and the results came back with three second cousins. One of them actually had a family tree posted, a pretty extensive one. Now we're getting somewhere, I thought. And Carrie was pretty upfront with me. She said, it's a long shot, because I knew exactly two things about this man who had given me half my genes. He had to have brown eyes, and he had to have physically been in Fairbanks when I was conceived. That's not a lot to go on. But she was willing to give it a try, and I figured it would be a while before she found anything. So I kind of put it aside. But by the end of the week, I had a barrage of text messages coming in one afternoon at work from Carrie. She'd started with our common ancestors, our great-grandparents, and started tracking lineage, who married who and what kids they had. And she said, I think this is your father. Oh, my God. <laughs> she had a name and a phone number and an address, and he was still alive. Well, I had her make contact for me because I really wasn't prepared for the possibility of being rejected by this guy after so many years, which was a real possibility. And a couple of hours later, I heard back from Carrie she said, I'm so, so sorry. I was so sure I had the right guy. I contacted his son, and he was very cooperative, but he said, my dad's never been to Alaska. So it was back to the drawing board. Okay, well, I guess I didn't really expect anything after just a week. But four days and two attempts later, Carrie found the Alaska connection, and there was no doubt this time. Unfortunately, my father, my biological father, had passed away 20 years ago, but his wife's obituary named their children. And it turned out I have two older sisters living in Juneau and a brother living in Colorado. And uh, we, we got in touch with them. I made arrangements immediately to meet them. And I have so much in common with every person in this family. I don't have time to explain, but it's unbelievable the commonalities I have is remarkable. So I'm still the same person I've always been, but now I finally know who gave me my big B in my big B little B eyes. And as for my dad, he will always still be dad in my heart. He's the one who tucked me in at night, took care of me when I was sick, took us on road trips. And if anything's changed about my feelings for him, it's just that I respect him so much more for being the dad he literally didn't have to be. Thank you. <laughs>